Good morning, everyone. Um, this morning I'll be doing a reading uh, from Luke 24, 1 to 12. Jesus has risen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were there wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down in, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be risen again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all those others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like absolute nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Thank you, Callum. Uh, good morning and welcome again to our Easter service here at Austin Cove Community Church. Uh, it is so good to have you with us. My name is James uh, and I'm the pastor at the church. We're going to actually start off this part of the service with a little bit of a, an interaction. Uh, normally you just sort of sit there and listen, but you actually get to engage today. We're going to play the choice game. It's really simple. I'm going to put a couple of choices up on the screen. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. That's all you have to do. You can make noise. You can grunt, whatever you want to do. But all you have to do is raise your hand uh, as to which one would be your choice. Uh, so a really simple one to start with. Hands up. Who are my Coke friends out there? Those who would choose Coke? Yeah. All right. Yeah, right. That's the end of the service. No. Okay. <laughs> what about those Pepsi? Who's a Pepsi? Oh, we got a, we got a few willing to admit it. All right, good on you, good on you. Uh, who doesn't care about soft drink? Who are those? that I put that up there specifically because I knew my wife would put a hand up for that. So, all right, there's an easy one. All right, next one. Who are my West Coast friends? All right, what about, what about my Frio? I guess I'll call you friends, but okay, I got some Frio fans out there. All right, what about other? Any other football teams? Any other support? A different, yep, got a few. Two. Who, sorry? Go the Cats. There we go, go the Cats, all right. Uh, and what about football? Who cares about football? Oh, we might be overwhelmed nearly. There's almost more on that than there is on the other side. That's a bit disappointing. I might have to do some work there. Uh, what about red? Whose favourite colour is red? Oh, I've got one. Anyone whose favourite colour is green? That would be me. There we go. Good, Betty. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what about blue? Where's Toby? He's obviously not here, but oh... Blue is a very common choice. There we go. Okay. Uh, what about yellow? Any yellows out there? Yes. Uh, anyone else who likes to be a bit different and not go with a primary colour? There we go. Okay. Uh, there's going to be some other colours you like to sort of mix and match it. Uh, who are my sweet friends? Those who would choose sweet. Oh, we've got two hands. Oh, wow. There's definitely some choices for sweets. Who are my savoury friends? Those who would go savoury. Who can't split them? Who would go both every day of the week? That's probably where I sit. There'd be some times that I have a real sweet tooth. 
There'll be some times that I absolutely want something savoury that sweet just won't quite get it. We all make lots of choices. There are significant choices that we make in life. Uh, in our career season, we might come up with these questions as we go through. What do I do? Like, what should I do as a career? And what, what's going on? And how do I get into that place? Should I quit? You go through a particularly difficult day or a particularly difficult week, or maybe this is just a state of existence for you. Uh, should I quit? Should I do something else? If I did something else, what would I do? Uh, should I work for myself? Should I take that risk of taking the plunge and starting my own business and being my own boss and getting to do what I want and having to get all the money to pay all the bills? Okay, there's, there's sort of both sides on that sort of thing. Uh, maybe in your education, do you finish school? Maybe you're still in school. Most of them are actually out at the moment. Uh, but they might, do I finish school? Do I do some extra study? Do I do a bachelor's? Do I do a master's? Do I go back and do another certificate? What do I do in that space? Uh, do I go back to study? We make decisions about family. Do I get married? Do I not get married? Is this person that I'm dating the right person to date? Do I choose to have kids? Do I not choose to have kids? Is that choice taken away from me? Do I get a pet? The answer there is no, don't do it. <laughs> uh, friends, you have decisions to make with your friends. Do you start a friendship? You start connecting with someone. And it's like, you know, what? we get along. We could hang out. But do I have time for another person in my life? Or then there are times in life that you have to end a friendship. Maybe it's a toxic friendship. Maybe it's a natural ending because you're moving away and the challenge of actually keeping that friendship going long distance or in a different season is just not going to be there. You've got to choose. Are, are these positive influences? Are these negative influences? You've got to make a choice. Uh, in your finances, and please don't sit any deeper in your chairs as I say the word finance. You need to, do I buy a house? How do I get the money to buy a house? But I can't afford to rent anyway, so maybe I do buy a house. Do I sell a house? It's too expensive. Maybe I want a different house or a different type of house. Do I invest? Do I save? Do I desire to save but then go buy those chocolates that I really wanted? There's different decisions that you might make. We all make choices in life. But as we come to Easter, we are reminded that there is one decision that is of utmost importance. It's a decision that is older than time itself, or it's as old as time at the very least. A decision about how we will choose to live in light of the Easter story. Uh, if you've been joining with us the last couple of weeks, last Sunday we started this journey looking at the Easter story, and we looked at Jesus' life. How even if we didn't have his death and resurrection, Jesus' life positioned him as God. That through what he did and how he did it and how he lived, he was trying to show the disciples and those who would follow him that he was not just another person, that he was God. Then on Good Friday, we came together and we, we sat in the depths of what it meant that he died. And we took some time to reflect on what it would have been like for Jesus to have given his life for us. That at just the right time, he who was life gave his life that we too may have life. But the great news about Easter Sunday, the great part of the Easter story, is that is not the end of the story. 
that because of this day, because of Easter Sunday, we can celebrate because we know that he lives, that he lives again. So we're just going to take some time today to reflect and to go through and to look at the story of Jesus. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been following Jesus all your life, or maybe it's something you've done in a recent period of time, I encourage you as we go through this, just reflect on how this story has played out in your life. If you're exploring the story of Jesus, maybe you're not quite sure about if it's true or if it's there, we are so glad that you're here with us today. And I encourage you to press in and to think and to to, to dig into what God might be saying to you in and through this message. Are we going to be going across the Bible to lots of different places? Feel free to follow along. If you've got your Bibles or your phones, I'd love you to follow along with me. Uh, We're going to start off right at the very beginning. We're going to start off in Genesis. Where does the story begin? We go right back to the very beginning. In Genesis 1, verse 1 and verse 31, we read this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. Good, good. If you were to translate it exactly as it is, it's good, good it's so good you have to say the word twice and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day the story that christians tell the story that easter is a part of goes right back to the very beginning and it presents the world as being good that the world was good And that's an essential part of understanding why today is so significant. Because I don't know about you, but when I look out at the world at the moment, I don't always see it as good. Now, there are a lot of really good things about it. There are some really good times. But many, if not most of us, would look out and say, yeah, there are some really bad things. And I think most of us, if we scratch beneath the surface, we would long for there to be hope that the world could be good again. And so the story of Easter actually begins with the idea that, yes, the world was once good. We move ahead to Genesis 2, and these pesky things called people get involved. Everything is fine until people get involved. Okay, maybe not quite, but sometimes it can feel that way. Okay, other people, I'm fine. It's the other people that get involved. And Genesis 2, verse 15 to 7, we read this. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. We come to the point where a choice is given. That, that this is the way, we won't, I won't get into the philosophy of why was there a choice, but that's a different sermon series. Come back, I'm sure we're going to cover that. In fact, we're actually going to look at that in the next few weeks. But a choice is given. They can choose to listen to God and to follow his commands, or they can choose to go another way. And so we come to Genesis 3, and if you've, any of you have read the Bible, if any of you know this story, and I'm sure some of you will, You'll know how this story goes. In verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. 
She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And so we're introduced to this idea of what's wrong with the world. And what's wrong with the world is sin. Ultimately, if you want a definition of sin, what is sin? Because there's all sorts of talk about what is sin. Sin is very, very simple. It's choosing our way rather than God's way. It's choosing our way rather than God's way. And if you really actually want to have a good think about it, go back to the verse before. In fact, I'll put it up there. The problem with the fruit was not that it was a toxic apple. Like This is not some decrepit little thing that's sort of hanging from the tree, like worms are hanging out of it. It's kind of moldy on one side. And Adam and Eve look and go, you know what? I'm going to eat that. Because that isn't what it was. The apple looked good. It looked pleasing to the eye and it looked good for wisdom. The problem was not the actual fruit that was eaten. The problem was God said not to eat it. Uh, there are some things in, in our life today and there are some sins and ways of looking at it. It's really obvious that we shouldn't do those things. It's like, you know, don't do those things. Yeah, okay, I kind of get the idea there. But then there are times and there are those temptations and there are those things that we explore and go, but they just seem so good. Surely that can't be a sin. Surely that can't be wrong. Surely that can't be because it looks good. We have to be reminded that at the very beginning, the fruit that was eaten, the problem was not that it didn't look good. It was actually that it did look good. God said not to eat it. Sin is not just choosing not to do the bad things. Sin is choosing to do our own thing, to go our own way, to make our own decisions about what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. Rather than looking at and learning and longing and seeing what is it that God says is good. And the reason this is important Sin is not a word that we like to talk about and like to say. It's kind of one of those, ooh, like sitting in that place of, yeah, okay, can we just move on to the, the, joy, the joy of triumph of the Easter Sunday? Like, this is a great day. Yes, it is. But if you don't know or believe that you are a sinner, you can't know or believe that you need a saviour. If you don't know, or believe, you might know you're a sinner, but you don't believe you are. Or you might know that sin exists, but you don't think you are. If you don't know or believe that you are a sinner, Easter Sunday won't actually mean anything to you. Because without the knowledge of that, you can't know that you need a saviour. The good news of the Christian faith is actually, yes, sin exists. Yeah, you're a sinner. Everyone in this room here is a sinner. But that is not where the story ends. So I want to jump forward to the future a little bit. And we're going to talk very briefly about heaven. What is heaven? What's heaven all about? And what is it about? How do we get hope? And what is the hope that comes from that? Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, sorry, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 to 4, it says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. 
and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Now, the, the, the picture that is always painted of heaven in the future, this place that is to come, uh, sometimes people have this view that heaven is we're going to go and sit on little clouds and we're going to have little babies sort of strumming harps and that's kind of what the eternity is. But actually that's going to be, but that's what people paint sometimes. You know? Yeah, that's what heaven is. That is not the picture of heaven. Heaven is a place where God is now dwelling with his people. But the other part of the picture which is essential to catch is heaven is not a reward for good living. It's not that we live just good enough lives now that we get good enough grades. I just said grades. Sorry if you didn't like grades in school. If you didn't do good grades, you're like all of a sudden, oh no, what's going on? Okay, just because it's not about getting the right grades, getting good things and getting to heaven because of that. Heaven is a restoration of things to the way they were always meant to be. That though back in the, in the garden, Adam and Eve may have chosen to go against what God had said. That is not where the story ends. It is not broken forever. That in and through the story of Easter and because of Jesus' life, death and resurrection, things will be restored to how they were meant to be from the very beginning. So you might find yourself at times asking the question, well, that's all well and good, but why would Jesus die for me? Now, for some of us who might have a little bit more ego than is probably healthy, we may not ask this question because, oh, well, of course he would die for me. Have you seen me? But when you really dig beneath the surface and you actually have those moments when you're truly reflecting for yourself and you go, oh, my goodness, have you seen the worst of me? Like, have you really seen the worst of me? Why would Jesus have died for that? Uh, on my good days, sure, I can understand it. But, but sometimes we can get caught in this place that we go, I can understand why God died for other people, but why me? We're told why. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, we couldn't have done this for ourselves. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for you because you earned it or deserved it or was any good reason in yourself for it. In fact, he died in spite of that. You on your worst day were still worth Jesus dying for. Because from God's perspective, you are his treasured possession. Not just on your good days, but on your bad days. You are God's treasured possession. But just as he did in the beginning, just as he did with Adam and Eve, 
He actually gives you the choice. Such is his love for us. Such is his desire to have a relationship with us. He won't make you accept the story of Easter. He won't make you live for him. He won't make you choose those things. He will let you choose eternity with him or eternity without him. And there's a whole lot of philosophy that goes into what does that mean? What does that look like? Again, another message for another day. But you actually have the choice. That, that one of the things we celebrate at Easter is everything that we couldn't do. Everything that we couldn't do because we were powerless, because we were lost, because we don't actually have the capacity to save ourselves. Everything we couldn't do, he did. Everything that we were unable to achieve, Jesus achieved through his life, death and resurrection on the cross. But he still leaves the option in your hands. Will you choose him? Will you choose to live for him? Not just wait until you get to be on the fluffy cloud, but actually in this life. Will you this day and tomorrow and every day, will you choose what does that look like how do you actually make that choice well again paul is really clear in romans he's writing a letter to the romans he's trying to make it really clear to them how do you get saved how do you live how do you actually become a follower of jesus it's really really simple firstly if you declare with your mouth that jesus is lord and you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be for if for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. How you make the choice. And the reason this is important is this. Firstly, if you declare Jesus is Lord, that's a declaration of intention. Okay? I sometimes say that I'm going to start to diet. It's a declaration of intention, but there's not necessarily follow through. But it's an important first step. You declare Jesus is Lord. But there's another step. What you believe in your heart is what you truly believe. What you believe in your heart is what you hold to most. What you believe in your heart is what you will live out. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that he died and rose again, you won't be able to help but to choose him. You won't be able to, that doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you won't give in to temptation. It doesn't mean you won't stuff up. Uh, that's fortunately that Jesus died on the cross and made a way for those problems that you will face. But if you believe in your heart that he did these things, you will choose this day and every day to let him be at the center of your life. And everything else will come and fit around that. Everything else will find its place. Do I get this job? Do I get that job? Do I marry this person? Do I marry that person? Do I have kids? Do I not have kids? Do I move across the world? Do I stay in the town that I grew up in? All these different decisions that you might find yourself making at different times are all made through the lens of Jesus is and what that means to you. 
So the cross is actually where the journey begins. We often celebrate Easter Sunday as kind of the culmination as being the, the end of the story. It's like we finally got to the, the end of that place. But actually, Easter is actually just the beginning. Because it's through Jesus' life, death and resurrection that your life can actually begin. The question I want you to take away with you today and reflect on, and I'm going to give a few lenses to look through in a moment, is what if the Easter story is true? See, one thing that is abundantly clear when it comes to the Christian faith, if Jesus lived and if Jesus died and if Jesus rose again, then everything Jesus said is worth looking at. But if Jesus didn't live or if Jesus didn't die or if Jesus didn't rise again, if any one of those is not true, then we might as well go home. Because there is absolutely no point to the faith of Jesus without these things. But if they are true, that changes everything. If you're here today and maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, maybe you don't really even remember a time that you didn't know Jesus. I'd just love you to take some time, whether that's today or across the next few days, to just reflect on how are you going at living out that reality. You know you believe it. You know that it's always been there. You know that it's in your heart. But are you actually letting your faith in Jesus shape the rest of your life? Or have you got into a bit of a rut? Are you going through the motions? Are you just kind of doing what you do because you're kind of used to the way things flow and you just kind of let things happen as they happen? Maybe this Easter can be the Easter where you're reminded just what it cost Jesus to make a way for you to live forever. Maybe you're here today and uh, you've recently come to faith or it's been something you've been exploring for a little while and you're you're still kind of working out exactly what it means. Today can be the beginning of a new story in your life. Whether you've made the decision in the past to follow Jesus but maybe you've stepped away from that, Or maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. Today can be that beginning. We say, all right, Jesus, I'm in. I don't quite know what that means yet. I haven't got all the answers. But but what what is the actual question? You might have significant questions about life and faith and meaning. You might have questions about how things came to be. And did that really happen in the Old Testament? How do you get all those animals on the ark? Like, seriously, how do you do that? Maybe you've got questions. That's okay. Jesus is not telling you to put your questions aside. He is simply asking you to follow him. And he will help you find those answers. Because if Jesus lived and if Jesus died and if Jesus rose again, it's absolutely worth exploring everything else that Jesus said and coming to understand what that might mean. But if that isn't the case, then just ignore it. If there's any chance that the Easter story is true, let today be that new beginning. Let today be that day where you say, you know what, God, I'm in. I want to know you. Help me work out the mechanics of what that means. Help me work out what to do with that. And please answer the question about the flood because I'd really like to know that. And spend the rest of this life, not the life to come. You'll have plenty of time to do that. Spend the rest of this life 
exploring what it means to know the creator of the universe as your Lord and Savior. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a final song. And I'd love you in that, in that time. If you're someone who's been following Jesus forever and you want to make a, a, a new commitment, a, a recommitment, then I'd love you to take some time during this song just to say, God, this day I commit to you afresh. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you. If you've never made that decision, if you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you've never believed in your heart that he rose from the dead, then today can be the day that you make that decision. And if that's something you do today, I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to make you stand out in any way whatsoever. I would just love you to let me know. I'd love to be able to follow up with you. I'd love to be able to encourage you. If you're making a recommitment, if it's a time that you've just kind of gone, all right, it's time, it's time for me to do this. I'd love you to let me know. Uh, on your chairs, there's a little note that says how to get connected. If you haven't got connected with the church, if you haven't got my contact details, uh, you'll be able to do it through that or you can do it through our website. I'd love you to let me know so I can catch up and encourage you and help you go from idea today to actually putting in place the process of what does this look like in your life. Easter Sunday is a beginning. It's an opportunity afresh to go, Jesus, I'm so glad that you're in my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Easter Sunday. We thank you that you lived, but that wasn't the full story. We thank you that you died for us, but even that wasn't the full story. We thank you that you rose again. And you give us hope for an eternity where things will be restored and refreshed and renewed in relationship with you. I pray for our church. I pray as we continue to rebuild that you would help us to see people's lives change. That the story of Easter would be at the heart of everything we do and all that we are as a church. That, that this community would come to know you as their Lord and Saviour. Help us to, to be on fire for you, not just live timidly, but to actually live boldly and proclaim you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In South Yandarup, in the Shire of Murray, the broader Pill region, and to the ends of the earth. Lord, may this day be another new beginning for us as a church to commit once more to you as our Lord and Saviour. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.